for joining us online at West. We believe that our online presence, our online worship, which we have every Sunday morning, and then folks can also worship online uh, throughout the week at your own convenience. But we believe that our online, our online community is just as important as what we have here at 10 a.m. In today's world, people are busy. And so Sunday morning is not necessarily the only time that folks can worship and not necessarily all gathered together in this one place. We believe in community. That's why we also have online small groups for spiritual formation. Everything that we do together as a corporate body, we believe that you can also do in the virtual world, like being a part of a small group. We have mission engagement opportunities that we offer online. You can support or invest in the missional ministries of West. You can do that online. You can uh, be a part of the corporate experience, the corporate worship experience. We believe that it's a valid community. So thank you this morning for giving that a shot. And we also want to let you know that uh, my biopsy came back this week clean. So thank you for the prayers for that as well. So now, if you'll join me in prayer, I would like for us to, to start our worship experience today with that. Let us pray. Gracious God, we all find ourselves at times in our lives in darkness. And this morning we are going to look to the words of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and what he said about being in times and places of darkness and how we find our way out. Thank you for all the folks that are worshiping with us this morning online. We give you thanks for the gift of technology so that we can use it so that we can grow closer to one another and closer to you. And I ask now that you be with my words so that they will be not my own but yours and guide our thoughts so that we may encounter you this morning. In Christ's name, amen. So it is dark. I have a question. Why do you think we do not like to be in darkness? There's three different ways that I want us to look at darkness this morning. First of all, there is the very literal way, like right now I'm sitting in the dark. Then there is uh, a phrase that sometimes is used, like I've been kept in the dark. And what that means is you've been left out of receiving information that you might need. So if you've been kept in the dark, you don't have all the facts or someone's not told you something that you probably should know. So that's what that means to be kept in the dark. And then there's, there's one third way. I believe that life is a journey. Scripture shows us that life is a journey. In fact, I think the Bible is the narrative of a group of people from the beginning to the end and, and from darkness to light and how that came into being. And so life is a journey and, and stops along our way as we go through that journey. I think we find ourselves in dark places. Darkness is a part of reality. We believe that creation was born from 
darkness. And so this morning we're going to look at darkness, look at what it means when our lives become filled with darkness, and then ultimately what hope do we have to move out of darkness. Now the hope that I believe that we have to come out of darkness comes with the light. And so this morning I'm going to turn on a light and join with you. Now I am hoping that you are worshiping with us in your comfy clothes. And so I thought, you know, I've always wanted to preach in yoga pants. And that really is just absolutely probably not appropriate. But since there's no one here other than Brad and Lance uh, who were willing to come make all this happen for you this morning, uh, I figured I would join you in my comfy clothes as well. So I'm sitting here, I'm just hanging out and it's dark. And then all of a sudden I reach over and I turn on the light. In life, wouldn't it be nice if it were that easy? That when we find ourselves in dark places and in times and situations of uncertainty, if all we had to do was just reach over and flip a switch, and then we would experience this you know, grand illumination. That's actually what the scripture passage is about today that I'm going to read to you. It is taken from the book of John, and it's John chapter 8. Now, Jesus is present in the temple in Jerusalem, and this is during the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Festival of Tabernacles and Booths. Tabernacle was another word for booth. So the Jewish people were commemorating... uh, an, a significant event that had happened in their lives thousands and thousands of years before in the time of their ancestors. Their ancestors had been enslaved in Egypt by this ruler named Pharaoh. And this man named Moses, God appeared to this man named Moses and said, I want you to lead my people from slavery to freedom. I want you to lead my people, let's look at it a different way. I want you to lead my people from from darkness, from a period where they were experiencing darkness in their lives to a time where they were free. So move from darkness into light. And so Moses asked God, he said, who am I supposed to tell them sent me? I can't just go show up. You know, he stuttered. He had all these reasons that he was not the one that God was calling. And he said, who am I supposed to tell them is asking me to lead them out from this powerful ruler who clearly has so much more going on for him than I do. Uh, Who am I supposed to tell them has led me from darkness to light? And God revealed to Moses, he said, uh, I am. You tell them that I am sent you. So that was what Moses referred to God as, I am. And he told the people that I am God has called me to help us move from slavery to freedom. And so the people followed him. Now, the setting for today's scripture reading is several, several thousand years later. The people, the Jewish people, have gathered together in Jerusalem, the the promised land, and they are remembering what happened in the lives of their ancestors so long ago. Now, God called them once they reached the promised land. God said to them, I want you to always remember. 
I want you to always remember when you were in the middle of the darkness and you had this despair that had just come over your life that I was with you. I am was with you. I am led you and I am with you now and I will I am will be with you always. So that's really important to remember as Jesus is teaching because they are at the end of this festival of booths or festival of feast of tabernacles. They're gathered together in Jerusalem. It's the last day and Jesus is continuing to teach. Now, about midweek of this festival, it was a week long, about midweek, Jesus gathered together in Jerusalem and started teaching the people that were following him things. And he was creating quite uh, quite a stir. In fact, while he is giving this lesson, right next door outside of the temple, the religious leaders were having a meeting. They were so just done with him because he was teaching things that were contrary to what they believed about God. And and he was showing them, he was illuminating them and showing them ways to view faith and view God. And it was challenging their belief system, and they did not like that at all. So if you, if you read in the Gospel of John, you'll see that right before Jesus says this, they're saying, you know, we need to go kill him. We need, we need to get him out of here. He's teaching things that we don't believe. And one gentleman by the name of Nicodemus, he was a religious leader who had encountered Jesus. He went to see Jesus in the darkness, and, and Jesus gave him light. This is a metaphor that continues all throughout Scripture. Nicodemus uh, told them, he said, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think we should go kill him yet. Maybe we should wait and maybe we should see. So Jesus has gathered together in the courtyard of the temple at the last day, the day of illumination of the Feast of Tabernacles. And this is what he said. It's John chapter 8, beginning with verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never have to walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees, the religious rulers, they challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. And Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, My testimony is valid. And listen to this part. For I know where I came from, and I know where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from, and you have no idea where I'm going. Back to the first part of that, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. So I'm going to go back to the darkness for just a second. And as I sit here in the darkness and the lights around me go dim, I want you to think about a time in your life where this is what it was like. 
that you had no idea how you were going to move from the spot that you were in forward because you couldn't see. And because you could not see, you didn't know where to go. And when we don't know where to go and we don't know how to get there, this thing happens. We, we become crippled where we are. We become stuck. That happened to the Israelites when they were going through the wilderness. They had come out of Egypt and they were journeying through the, the wilderness and for 40 years, that's how long it took them to, to leave this period of slavery into this, this new place in their journey that was one of freedom and light. Now, the really powerful thing about this story of the Israelites is that while they were journeying, Jesus, or not Jesus, while they were journeying, God revealed God's self to them by a pillar of cloud and by day and a pillar of fire by night. And so as they would journey in the wilderness, they would find themselves in particular times and places and they would stop and they would set up these things called Sukkots. It was their booth. If you'll picture in your mind like a barn or a lean-to, it had three sides and they were easily put up and taken down very quickly. So as they were journeying through the wilderness for 40 days and nights, they would find themselves in stopping places and, and the pillar would not move or the pillar of fire would not move. So they would stay there for just a little while and they would have this temporary shelter and and they would just wait when we are in the dark times of our lives one of the most difficult things is to just be still and just wait you see we we want to know how it's going to end we want to know how we're going to get there, and we really like having a plan, you see, that gets us from point A to point B so that we'll know that it's going to all be okay. Now, as the Jewish people would gather together in Jerusalem and celebrate this festival of tabernacles, this would be what they would remember. They would remember their ancestors' journey from darkness to light, from the wilderness to freedom, to the promised land. And they would remember that there were stops along the way that were just dark places but ultimately, God would reveal God's self to them so that they would ultimately get up and, and move and take down their little shelter and then journey a little more and then uh, they would stop again. The same thing that happened, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago to the Israelites as they moved from slavery to freedom. The same thing that Jesus is talking to the people about there in Jerusalem that day, telling them, look, if you'll follow me, if you'll just follow me, I'm going to lead you to the light that leads to life. That same message for those two groups of people is the same message that is so true and so relevant for us today. But we do not like 
the darkness. So I believe when we find ourselves in places of darkness, two things happen. First of all, we, we deny it. We want to pretend that it's all okay. And, and you see, darkness, uh, we've got it under control. And one of the things that happens is when we start experiencing a little bit of darkness and we deny that it's real, it becomes more and more and more. And if we're not careful, uh, sometimes the darkness consumes us completely. And if we aren't careful, it becomes too difficult to move out of that darkness because we don't know how. So that's one thing that I want us to keep in mind when we think about the darkness is that if we aren't careful, if we don't just own it and claim it, that right now this place, this spot in our journey, it is a little dark. It's a place that we're a little afraid of and we may not know how to move forward or to move out. But I want us to know that that's okay. Because you see, also, I don't think we need to be afraid of the dark. When I told you that the Bible from start to finish is a narrative of the people moving from darkness to light, ultimately, Genesis to Revelation, a narrative of a group of people that when God spoke, God said, first, God revealed to humanity, let there be light. And on the first day, there was light. That's in Genesis. If you look at the end, you look at Revelation, you read about a new day, a new light that dawns. And so it's, it's a journey. And it's a journey that we each take. We each have this thing called life that we take steps in along the way. The other thing that I think is most beautiful about the darkness, if we will just own it and claim it when we find ourselves in it, is that some of the most beautiful, beautiful, beautiful things are born out of darkness, out of seasons of darkness, come beautiful things. I have a hobby. I've been trying to find a hobby because sometimes work becomes my hobby and so I do work way too much. And so I decided last year that my hobby was going to be gardening. I like to mess in the yard. I'm not very good at it at all. And most of the things that I plant ultimately uh, don't make it very long, but it's fun for me. It's a way to relieve stress. And so uh, one of the challenges that my family had for me last year was if you purchase it, plant it. Because you see, I've been dabbling in gardening for several years and I would have this habit of going to Lowe's or wherever and falling in love with these beautiful flowers and I would buy them and I would bring them home and I would take them out of the car and they would sit there like lining the driveway where I intended to plant them. And they would sit there and they would sit there. They would wilt. They would sit there. And then, you know, for a couple of years, my family would just plant them for me because, you know, they saw it as a waste of money. But then last year, they issued this challenge. If you buy it, plant it. And so I was determined that I was going to prove to them that uh, if I bought it, I was going to make sure that it had a shot at life. So I did really good all season. Every plant I bought, I planted And then at the end of the season, one day I was 
strolling through Walmart or somewhere, and I saw these bags of bulbs. And I love tulips. But I am one of those people that I like instantaneous beauty. So if I plant it, I want to see within a matter of days or week that something is going to happen. I do not seem to have enough patience for bulbs. Well, because they had issued this challenge and I like to live up to people's expectations, uh, I got really busy after I bought the bulbs and so I did not have time to plant them. And I didn't want anybody in my family to know that I did not live up to the planting challenge. So I took these bags of bulbs and I like, crammed them in the back of the shelf in the garage where all the planting stuff was so that no one would see that I did not plant the bulbs. The other day, I was going through Pinterest and I saw this article about how you could force bulbs to bloom and you could have tulips inside even in the winter months. I was fascinated with that because number one, they're so beautiful and wouldn't we all like to have some beauty, especially when the weather is so icky like it is today. And then I thought, oh, I can still, I can still fulfill the if you buy it, plant it challenge. And so I went out to the garage and I got all my bulbs out that I purchased and I brought them inside and I began this you know, experiment that I was going to try to force the bulbs to bloom. Now, part of forcing this to happen is that after you put them in the little glass jar and you put some pebbles in the bottom and some water, then you take them back outside in your garage or in a dark place where it's cold and you leave them in the dark for just a short amount of time, a couple of days, a couple of weeks. And then after they've been in the darkness... You bring them back into the light and they will bloom. I did it. And it actually, like, is working. There are some of the, the ugliest bulbs and they have multiple shoots of, of green leaves sprouting from these bulbs. I believe, and I'm hopeful, that ultimately... I'm going to have some really pretty tulips blooming and they will have been born out of the darkness. They were crammed in the garage all winter long and then I gave them just a, a, little, a little jump start and I believe that they're going to turn into beautiful things. All signs point to the fact that they are that's one of the things that, you know, gets born out of darkness that's beautiful. There's another thing, too. Uh, if you are a woman you give, and you give birth to another human being, for nine months, that new being grows and is nurtured inside of a woman's body. Now... There's no like little magic window that we can carve on our stomachs so that, you know, the baby that's growing inside of us can be exposed to light. Now, if you think I'm insane, you know, or that's a stupid illustration, I want you to think about it for just a second. I mean, for nine months, creation is formed inside of a human body, and then ultimately it is hopefully born into light and born into life. And 
every parent feels like their baby is the most beautiful one, but aren't all babies beautiful when they come into fullness of life and fullness of creation? Beautiful things are formed in darkness. I believe we're all called to be beautiful things. We're created to be beautiful things. And times of darkness are just a part of it. It's normal. I think that's one of the things that we can learn from Scripture is that throughout history of humanity, people have been in times and places of darkness. And ultimately, if they keep going, they encounter life. That's what Jesus was trying to say. If you'll just follow me, I'm going to show you, I'm going to lead you to this light that leads to life. Jesus said, I am. He was revealing to us the ultimate I am. The I am of God. And it's eternal. It was and it is and it will always be. And that God, that light, that life, it lives inside of you. And it lives inside of me. It's just up to us to to find it, to claim it. Jesus showed us how. And his answer boiled down to love. But in order to encounter that love, in order to experience that, you see, we have to do one thing. I'm going to turn the lights back off now. And I want to show you one more thing. You see... Our moving out of the darkness and into light is dependent on one single thing. The answer to that thing is us. It's a choice that we have to make. I don't want us to be afraid of the dark times anymore. Because you see, if we will cling to the words that Jesus said, you know, follow him because there's light. There's life offered to all. We just have to connect to that light and that life. And and it lies within each of us through the power of an amazing God. I have a flashlight here. It doesn't put off as much light as the lamp did. It's a much smaller beam. And that's the takeaway from today that I hope we'll all hold on to. You see, I could have the, the guys that are here with me worshiping this morning, I could have them turn on all the lights and it would be very easy to see. But a lot of times, life is not easy. And... We want to see the end before we ever take the first step to get there. And that is not reality. Jesus said, follow me and I'll lead you. Jesus said, I am the light. Follow the light. Follow God. Follow love. In order to do that, we don't always see the way it's going to end. But as people that follow God and follow Jesus, who reveals God to us, 
we believe that the worst things are never the last things. And that even at the end when darkness consumes everything, that somehow, some way, this, this divine miracle occurred and light and life was born out of death. And that's when the ultimate joining with the great I am is. But that's then. This is now. And I fear sometimes in life we live trying to get to the then too much. It isn't about the end destination. It's about the journey. And in order to make the journey, the thing that I think we need to cling to the most is that uh, we don't have to see the end. We just have to follow the light one step at a time. And have enough courage and enough faith to just take one step, even if they're baby steps, and to take those steps along the way. There's a power and a love that is in each of us that enables us to have what it takes to take those steps. I believe God reveals God's self to each of us through friends and family and professional counsel. If you're in a time of darkness, I'm a huge advocate for counseling. Don't ever be afraid to ask for help to come out of a time of darkness. I do believe that light and life and love will show the way. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If you will follow me, you will have light and you will have life. A light that permeates all the darkness. We are people that have an opportunity to follow that light that leads to life. In the name of God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit that lives in each of us. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us today.